Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? That was so much better. I appreciate that. The last few weeks when I've said good morning, like two people have said good morning back. And so thank you for being awake this morning. I see a lot of uh, college apparel today. Um, as some of, some of you have had good weekends and some of you, even though your team lost, you still showed up. And I, I appreciate that. I know that um, my team won yesterday, and not college, because um, I don't care, um, but my uh, five- and six-year-old flag football team, the Cowboys, won yesterday 42-28, to 28, and their coach is, wait, wait, before you, their coach is phenomenal. Um, he's undefeated uh, in his tenure as coach. He's 2-0, and and so if you see him, uh, just respect them as a coach and a person. Uh, no, but uh, just uh, thank you guys so much for being here this morning. Uh, we're going to continue our series enough. Last week, Bill talked to us about the fact, just the true fact that Jesus is enough. Uh, one of my favorite things about Jesus is uh, what he did on the cross was sufficient for our sins and not just like when we think sufficient, like I know for me growing up in school when I thought sufficient, it was like at home, I know a B is sufficient. Like, I'm not going to get in trouble if I bring an 80 or above home. But if I bring anything below, like mom and dad, like that's not sufficient for what they expect of me. But Jesus's sufficiency is so much more than our barely enough meter. Jesus's sufficiency is enough for us to be made right with God. And there's nothing that is left to do other than to receive the grace that he has freely given us. And so when we talk about Jesus being enough, if you are in Christ, because of Christ, you are also more than enough. And so we're going to continue our series enough this morning, but uh, I want to welcome you. If this is your first time here, I want to welcome you. We're so glad that you would come and hang out with us this morning. If you would text the word welcome to 817-755-1668, we would love to follow up with you and your family figure out how we can serve you guys. Uh, we're just so thankful that you would be here with us this morning. We'll be in Luke chapter 22. If you have your Bibles, Luke 22, um, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll begin. God, thank you so much for you. As we just sang about Jesus, your grace for us, your love for us, uh, God, there is no name above yours. Forgive us for when we put other names before you. God, I pray this morning that um, all that are in this room and those maybe watching online would realize, Jesus, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except for through you, and that there is a free gift offered today of salvation from you, and there's nothing that we can add to it. There's nothing we should take away from it, but your grace and your mercy go before us, and so, Lord, I pray over the next few minutes, would you speak through me? It is in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Today we're going to talk very briefly about this thing in us that wants to achieve. There's nothing wrong with desiring to have reached goals and to achieve certain things. Um, in fact, in that same five- and six-year-old league that I was talking about, I am convinced that my five-year-old already has goals. Not just am I convinced, but I know that he does have things that he so desperately wants to achieve. In his mind, uh, in uh, middle or early December, uh, confetti will be falling down on him 
and somebody will present him the Lombardi Trophy, uh, which is the trophy that they present when the Super Bowl champions win, uh, when the Cowboys win the Super Bowl championship this year, um, is what they will get, both the, the, the flag Cowboys and the Dallas. Amen. Amen. Believe it. Let's pray for it. Um, but he is convinced that this is going to happen, but the reality is, is that even if he does win this game, there will be no confetti, and he may get, he will get a trophy, but it won't be uh, one that's worth thousands of dollars, maybe somewhere in the lines of a dollar, or a dollar twenty-five, maybe. <laughs> but in his reality is, is that, like, everything that he talks about is in regards to his football team is, like, that he has to achieve this goal. And if he doesn't achieve this goal or is not making progress toward that, then I, I have had conversations with my five-year-old where he feels like he is not enough. And, and, I, and I'm trying to change his mindset. And, and, and if you've talked to one five-year-old, then multiply that times eight, is, which is what I, earlier I talked about the coach being great. I'm the coach. Um, dealing with, like, and, and just trying to, like get all of them on board with just getting better every single day and just having fun and, and having the right mindset and attitude because their mind is fixed on either achieving the ultimate goal or candy at the end of the game. And, and what I want for them to get no matter what is, like this does not define you. We just finished a series in our student ministry called Labels. One of the main things that we talked about is what you achieve or the things that you've done, the mistakes that you've made, is not what defines who you are. And I want for you to read with me in Luke 22, starting in verse 24. We'll see what Jesus has to say about who we are. It says, Then a dispute also arose among them about who should be considered the greatest. But he said to them, The kings, uh, sorry, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, have themselves called benefactors. Uh, sorry, let me start over. Then a dispute also arose among them about who should be considered the greatest. But he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who have authority over them have called themselves the benefactors. It is not uh, to be like that among you. On the contrary, whoever is greatest among you should become the, like the youngest or the least, and whoever leads like the one serving. For whoever is greater than, for who is greater than the one at the table or the one serving? Isn't it the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. You are those who stood by me in my trials. I bestow on you a kingdom just as my father bestowed on you, bestowed one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and you will sit on the throne judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Jesus in his teaching, and more so in his life, or not more so, but also in his life, came and taught very differently than the, the normal culture. Like Jesus is admittedly so here saying, look, amongst you, like I, like not in a, in, a, in, a, in a way of bragging, but amongst you, like if anyone deserves to be served at this table, it is me. I am, he is the son of God who sits at this table telling his disciples, look, if any one of us deserves to be served, deserves to be served, deserves to be uh, uh, just to kick their feet up and because he's achieved all of these things. If any one of us deserves that, it, it's me. But Jesus says something completely different. Instead of being known for who he is and what he's done, rightfully so, because he's the son of God who is about to die on the cross for the sins of the world, he says, look, I didn't come in, in this moment to be, uh, to be served by you, but instead I've come to serve. 
Instead, I've come, instead of worrying about who is the greatest, as they're asking the question, Lord, who among us is the greatest? Who among us are you most proud of? Who among us has achieved all that we could achieve? I know in myself, one of the things that I desire to, to do is to reach the goals that I've set for myself. And I think when we try to reach the goals that we, and there's nothing, I tell our students this, there's nothing wrong with setting goals, but it is when we I place our identity in the goal that we set is when we get it wrong. Because even if you reach that goal, it's still not going to be sufficient. It's still not going to fill you. It's still not going to sustain you. It's still not going to be the thing that drives you every single day. There are people who, and we talk about a lot of the times I talk to our students about sports, even if you reach the goal, the highest goal of being uh, in a professional league, whatever it is, at some point in time, that will come to an end, and then who are you? And for those of us who had the goal of playing professional sports and didn't reach that goal, if we don't reach that goal, then, then everything and our achieve, everything that we desire to achieve, we, we, if that is all that we are, then we are nothing. We are lost. We are without what, what we thought we were going towards. And I want for us to understand this today. Achievement or lack thereof doesn't define you. Now, it's not to say that you don't go for things, you don't do your best, but whether you achieve whatever it is that you set out for or not does not define you. What defines you is who you are in Christ. If you have placed your faith in Jesus and his work on the cross for your sins and mine, then what defines you is you are a son or a daughter of God. And there's nothing greater to be known as, nothing greater to be, to, to, and you don't achieve this. This is not in our works. This is not on us. This is not what we do. We just literally receive a gift given to us by Jesus. And that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus, that we couldn't, he could, and he did on our behalf. And so we could not achieve it, but he did achieve it because he loved us. And so all we have to do is receive it. And so I want for you to hear that today. That nothing, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with setting goals and, and working towards them. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But if you, if you are wrapped up in that, if you are wrapped up in who is the greatest or what is the greatest or how do I scratch and claw my way to it and who do I have to step on or step over to get to it, like that is not the heartbeat of Jesus. The heartbeat of Jesus is if you want to be my son or if you want to be called God's son or daughter, all you have to do is receive it. Because Jesus did the work on our behalf. And so achievement or lack thereof doesn't define you. And I love Jesus' mindset here, not just here, but all throughout his life. He says, if you want to be great, then serve. And it's so different, right, than what we think. Because, I mean, I know that I've had some phenomenal leaders and coaches in my life, and I've also had some ones that are not that great in my life. Some coaches that I had growing up that would always just, you know, push us and push us and push us, but never show us what it meant to lead the right way. And, and, and Jesus here, he comes and he talks about kingdoms and how they act towards their people. And Jesus says, it, it should not be so amongst us. If you truly want to lead, then you must serve. Jesus is not um, making a suggestion to us as believers in Christ. He's not saying, this is, hey, I think this will work if you do it. I think this is a pretty good idea. Maybe you should try it. But he's saying, if you are a believer in me, this is what I'm calling you to do. When we serve, I'm convinced when we serve is when we look most like him. 
when we serve others, not because we get something out of it, not because it's, 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 uh, it's good for us and we know that there's a benefit at the end of it, but when we serve as truly an obligation because it's what Jesus is calling us to do, like I'm convinced that that's when we look most like him. If you think about the times, man, I, we have at Table Students, we have, uh, by, the, by the grace of God, we, we, you know, we talk about needing more student leaders, and, we, and, and we, we do, and so many of you have stepped up, and I'm so thankful, but there have been people who have been here before I was here that are still serving in students, and people who have come along in the journey, and, and I see as you know, students walk into the room on Wednesday nights, and they see their leaders serving them pizza or you know, asking follow-up questions from the week before or whatever it is, and, and what they are seeing is like a, a resemblance of who Jesus is when these students walk in this room, and they're like, I have no clue why this adult is here but I'm so thankful that they are. What they're seeing in that adult is the love and the love of Jesus living through them. When we serve, I'm convinced, is when we look most like him. And it's so different, right, than, than what we know in, in our daily lives, what we see. And I'm not here to badmouth the things that go on outside of uh, not just the church in this building, but the church, the body of Christ. But when we when we go out and we, we, we're, we're, we're working towards these goals and we're doing all of these different things and, and, and serving just seems so contradicting to whatever goal that we've set. Like it just looks so different, right, than our daily lives and our day, what goes on daily. But the attitude of Jesus is to serve. I mean, you think about not just in his death on the cross, but in his life. For around 33 years of his life, we just see everything that we see of him. We see him meeting needs and, and crossing over uh, boundaries and, 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 and not seeing people as um, just, an, uh, just, just you know, things in my way, but seeing people as an opportunity to go and love and minister and serve and get to know them and to hear their stories and to, to heal their wounds and to love them and to point them to his father. And we are... Christians, right? That means to be Christ-like, little Christ. We are called to live as he does. And so you want to be great. We want to truly be great. Our greatest goal should be, how could we serve? Jesus, what area in my life? Because look, I've already established that I'm not enough, but you are. And because you are, I'm not, I now am. And so because you are enough and I've received your love and your grace, like, what am I supposed to do now? And what Jesus is telling us here and throughout his word is, look, go live as I did. And the way in which Jesus lived was to serve consistently. Even when he was tired, even when it was difficult, yes, he got away and got rest, but after he was well rested, he went back and found other ways to serve. Serving is our obligation, certainly. But serving is also our privilege. I want you to read with me in uh, John 13. One of my favorite stories about Jesus. Um, actually, I heard this message. He's a uh, message uh, almost uh, probably like eight to ten years ago uh, from a guy who uh, is a mentor to me, an older brother to me, and he taught this message uh, on this passage of Scripture, and it really changed my mindset. I had been in ministry for a really long time, and I was um, at some point in times, I was chasing the wrong thing. I wanted to uh, kind of travel and speak, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I wanted to do it for the, the wrong reasons. I, I kind of wanted to be known versus uh, wanting people to know Jesus, and I heard this message and some others, and 
it kind of changed the trajectory, trajectory of my life um, in ministry. I'm very thankful for that. But John 13, starting in verse 1, says this, Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given him everything into his hands, and that he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel, and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with a towel tied around him. I think about this passage of Scripture, and I think about Jesus' mindset here. Not just his mindset here, but his mindset throughout his life. Jesus had the foreknowledge to know that when he left the glories of heaven, that ultimately one day he would end his life or he would endure the cross. He knew that, and, and, and like I talk about, he came with a willingness to do that for us. And at this moment, it's like you can see that it has all sunk in, that it, the time of his death is upon him, and he is ready. But with one last act, as he is prepared with, with fully his mind fixed on what he is about to do and what is to come, that he is about to die on the cross, but also that he's going to raise three days later, and then also he's going to go back to glory and be with his father again. He has his mind fixed on what he is supposed to do. And we'll get to what he is supposed to do in a little bit, but for those who us are, we'll get to what he is going to do in a little bit. For those of us who are in Christ, we should have that same sort of mindset. We know that this world is temporary and our home with Jesus is forever and it's eternal and we look forward to the day when we will be with him forever. And so just as Jesus had his mind fixed on where he would one day end up for eternity, we should too and it should change the way that we live our lives daily. Jesus' mindset is one here where he's like, I know what's about to happen, and I know what happens after that, and I know that where I get to go after it's all said and done, so I got one last thing to do. And in this culture, it's one of the most undignified things to do, but he takes off his robe, and he wraps around a towel, and he begins to fill up the water basin, and he looks at his disciples, and he says, take your sandals off because I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to serve you physically one last time before I go to the cross. Peter and Jesus have this back and forth here, and Peter's like, no, you're not. You're not doing that to me. I'm not worthy. And then Jesus is like, look, unless I wash your feet, you're not clean. And Peter's like, well, wash, just give me a bath. And Jesus is like, wait, no, that's, that's not what has to happen here. Just need to wash your feet. But, Pe- but Jesus has this, this attitude of serving his disciples and serving people until his moment, really until his last breath is what he was doing for us. But Jesus did not look at the towel and think, oh, I'm above that. And I think sometimes, if I'm honest, I look at tasks that are in front of me where I could serve, where I could get plugged in, or where I could help someone, and I'm like, man, that's I'm kind of above that, right? I mean, that's like, that's for a, a kid to do, or maybe somebody else could to do that. I'm just, like, I got all this really important stuff that I need to knock out before I could get to that. 
And I, and I, or I just, somebody asks me to do something, I'm like, oh, okay, God, you tell me to serve, so it's my obligation to do it, so I got to go and help so-and-so. But serving, it, it is an obligation. We have been called by God to serve other people, but it is not just an obligation. and It is a privilege to serve Jesus. I think about this. I was thinking about this this morning. I, like, in talking to the, the worship team beforehand just a little bit, like, like, I, we get to share Jesus with people from this stage. Like, I get to talk about the one who died on the cross for my sins. Like, I don't just get to talk about him, but I get to live my life for him. And it's all because of what he's done for me. And so it's not out of obligation that I serve someone. It's not just out of obligation that I serve someone, that I have to do this, that, man, I, I don't really want to. I, I, this really, it's really tough. It's really hard. And there are those days where you're tired or you just don't have the right mindset or whatever it is. But serving is not just an obligation. Serving God is a privilege that we have been given. Getting to go out and to serve Jesus and to tell people about Jesus and what he has done for us and what he has done for them and, and to bring them into the family of God is not like, oh, man, this stinks. I can't believe we have to do this again. Serving Jesus is an absolute privilege. Jesus looks at the, his disciples' feet and he says, look, like this may be too far or uh, this, this may be something that other people won't do, but give me the towel. I'm ready to serve you. Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he was the Lord of all creation. And at this moment, he was not worried about his title, but he was worried about how he could serve them. And so he put on a towel. Jesus had every realization that he was enough, that there was nothing that he could do, that he needed to do to add to who he was. And that same should be true for us. If you are in Christ, if you belong to Jesus, you are enough. And so now what Jesus is calling us to do is go tell people who he is by the way in which we serve them. It is an honor for us to be able to come in, for, for me to be able to come in on a Wednesday night and to to serve students, and sometimes, man, you know, we've been making this joke about these sixth graders who are awesome, but man, they are annoying, and, um, and, I, and I, but I love them, but they are annoying, and, but they're great at the same time, and it's like, if I just see them as an obligation, and if I'm honest, too many times I do, too many times I just look at them, and I'm like, okay, if I could just make it another year where they're normal, then it'll be fine, but then they just graduate another group and they come up too. And so, but I just, if I stop looking at them as an obligation, but I look at them as a privilege, like it truly is an honor that God allows for me to tell students, whether they be 12 or 18 or whatever it is about his goodness and his love for them. And not just to tell them with my words, but with my actions and showing up to their games and to serve them and to give them pizza and to, to, to help them when their family is in need, to pray for them, to serve them in whatever way it is that God has called me to is not just an obligation, but it is a privilege. And here is my, here is the reality, whatever it is that God is calling you or wherever it is that God is calling you to serve, not just in the church, but in your work and in your home, it is not just an obligation. You don't just have to, but you get to. And that is an honor that God would allow for us to be his vessels, to be used by him so that others would see him living in us. And then people ask us, man, why, 
why are you washing my feet? I'm not saying that you have to do that, but like, why are you serving me in this way? And you get to say to them, ultimately, honestly, it's because Jesus has served me in a way that I can never pay back. He died on the cross for my sins. He gave of himself so that I could have life. And he left me with this mandate, with this obligation to serve people, but he showed me how to do it in love and in kindness and in grace. And so that's why I do what I do. It's not because I'm good enough. It's not because i am achieved this level of whatever it is, but it is because of the cross of Jesus and his life and his words to me and to others to go and to serve. To not think of myself as too great, but think of myself as one who has been saved by his grace and his mercy, and to know that now my obligation and my opportunity and my privilege is to serve. Listen, guys, we are absolutely not enough. And like we talked about last week when we held the Lord's Supper in our hands, when we look at the body and the blood of Jesus, it is this ultimate reminder like us We are not enough. We could not have been made right with God, but praise be to God that Jesus is enough. His sufficiency is greater than anything that we could have done on our own. This is God in the flesh who has died for us, and so he is enough. And so if we are in Christ, then our obligation and our privilege is to do what Jesus has called us to, and it is to serve. And so I I don't know for you the direct application in your life. I don't know for you what what changes from this point on, but I just ask of you to ask the Lord, God, where in my life are you calling me to serve? Where in my life have I treated my service like an obligation and not a privilege? And Lord, wherever that is, may I step into it realizing that what you have for me, what you've allowed for me to do in serving others is bringing people closer to you. And so let it be a privilege in my life and no longer just something that I have to do. I'm going to invite the band back up, and I'll pray, and then we'll continue in our service. But we talk a lot about Jesus. We've talked a lot the last two weeks about Jesus being enough, but if you have never received him as your enough, simply put, it is just a conversation between you and God that says, God, I, I know that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I trust the work that Jesus did on the cross I trust that he rose three days later, and I want to receive all that you have for me. It's just a simple confession and belief in Jesus that says, Lord, I know that you are enough, and I know that I don't have to be. And if that is you and you are already in Christ, here is now what we get to do. We get to go out into a world and follow what he has told us to in serving and loving others and not just out of obligation, but out of unique privilege to show people who Jesus is. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. Jesus, thank you for your example of service for us. God, I pray that that I personally would never just look at what you've called me to do as an obligation, but I would be reminded of your work and you're laying aside yourself. You're you leaving the glories of heaven to come to earth so that we could see you and learn from you and then be ultimately made right by you through your work on the cross. 
Jesus, I pray for us this morning that we would realize it is a privilege to serve. Let us not focus just solely on achieving goals, but let us focus on letting people see you live in us and through us so that more people would come to know your goodness and your grace and your love. Remind us daily that serving is our privilege. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.